0: You been up all night? Of course I've been up all night. Not because of caffeine, it was insomnia. I couldn't stop thinking about coffee. I need a nap. (laughs) Coffee time.
1: Welcome to the World of Tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the
2: greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 16, 300 Big Boys. And on today's episode, we also have Amity from the Late Comers Podcast and Podcast Collected Presents. Hello, Amity.
0: Hello, Ben. Hello, Mike. How's it going? So far, so good. I have watched this episode of Futurama three times in as many days, so I am super up on this episode.
1: I think you're the expert on the episode (laughs) if we're talking about it.
0: I got so nervous! Um,
1: Oh, there's no reason to be nervous. Have you listened to the podcast?
0: I have, I have. I was a little afraid that you guys were going to have a cease and desist from Jerry Seinfeld and then we weren't going to be able to do this. (laughs)
1: You know that I also had the same word. I'll I'll be fair. I mean, still waiting for it. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld's representation. Just DM at Back to Future. Please let's not <laughs> let's not drag. The, let's not put this in the po- court of public opinion. Um. So, anyhow, Amity, I I always ask guests uh, why they chose this specific episode. So, wh- what is it about three hundred big boys did you uh, gravitate to?
0: You know I. Always really like this episode, um, and I thought it was timely in your lineup with the uh, tax day for America coming up in a couple of weeks, and people doing real dumb things with that little bit of money they get back, <laughs> so I thought, it's timely, makes sense, I love a little Nixon in my life, so let's do this one.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I like her. her it's like it's timely, and I gotta get in on this one. And I love it. I'm, I'm I'm super excited about this. See, I thought you were gonna say it was timely because Roseanne is in this episode, that, and her show just came back thing. on. I was I was I was gonna be like from downtown with the like, <laughs> like I didn't even know she was getting a new sure show, and then all of a sudden, it's your
0: fault that she has her show back on because <laughs> you put her in the zeitgeist.
1: So just. Just think about how timely this episode actually <laughs> ends up being. We've got Roseanne, we've got tax refunds. What else is there? We've
2: probably got watches somewhere. If a whale eats something of yours this week, uh I apologize. It's our it's this podcast's fault that a whale has eaten something belonging to you, the listener. That that's what we get for being just too timely. Well it, in the year 2018.
0: It, we're in a post-Blackfish world where Whales eat a whole lot more than a bathing suit these days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our uh, lawyers would also like to point out that we are not actually responsible for anything that whales have eaten belonging to you or anyone that you love. I, I'm confused. I've not met these lawyers. Uh, I had to hire them after the Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld thing. We haven't been introduced, Ben. I'll, I'll introduce you after the show. Okay, that's fine. Shall we
1: talk about the episode of the television show that we usually talk about on this podcast.
2: I think it's probably a good idea. Although as a warning, I will say this is a very dense episode and we're oh, going to try not to get too much into the weeds here. But there's a very real chance we're going to get into the weeds on this one.
1: Yeah, it's, there's so there's so many different tendrils of stories that intersect and it's just so much.
0: It's a lot of character building, I feel like, in this episode. Like, we learn a lot about all of these characters.
2: Yeah, everybody kind of gets their own moment in the spotlight. Um, yeah. And, uh... Even Zoidberg. Even Zoidberg. Maybe
0: especially Zoidberg.
2: That's true. Well, well, let's, let's hold off and see where we get to. Fair enough. We start the episode off with a film reel, This Week in the Universe. Uh, Earth's forces have defeated the the, uh, the
1: spider-like enemy on Tarantulon 6 under Zap Brannigan and have gained $1 trillion
0: worth of treasure. Find out he's a weeblow. That is his official designation, <laughs> which is that, fantastic. <laughs> it seems about
1: right for Zap, if yeah. we're really being yep. real here.
2: Like, it's surprising, but not that surprising. <laughs> Indeed. Nixon uh, reveals that He's going to give the money from this directly back to the taxpayer in the form of a tricky dick fun bill (laughs) worth $300. Everybody is sitting around the Planet Express uh, meeting table, the round table, if you will. And I will. And they are they are all immediately like they have this $300 bill in their hands and they're like, what can I blow this money on? Everybody starts coming up with their own ideas I'm just going to burn through these real quick. Lila wants to swim with a whale. Scruffy wants to get a fancy $300 haircut because his current one has lost its pizzazz. Of course. Zoidberg just wants to live like a rich man. And then after Amy is like, $300, what is that? Like 100 cups of coffee? Fry decides he's going to get 100 cups of coffee. It seems like a good
0: choice. Especially because every cup of coffee, regardless of size apparently costs $3 in this world. It's, it's true.
2: <laughs> That's he, the world I want to live in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ben
1: walks into Starbucks and says, one coffee, please. Here's $3. Make it the size of
0: the universe. Well, a whale... A whale coffee, whale-sized, is $3, so I feel like Thank you. it's
1: fair. Thank you for mentioning that it's whale-sized and not just whale coffee. Oh, yeah, I think no. they're two
2: different <laughs> con- concepts. I, I would right. like to point out, it is never explicitly stated it's not whale coffee.
0: That's fair. That is true. You are absolutely <laughs> correct.
2: But we, we will get to the whale coffee. <laughs> we um, will have a further discussion on that when we get there. Uh, I think think that's everybody's no,
0: bender you skip bender because his he is wrong in his he says now one three hundred dollar hooker bot or three hundred one dollar <laughs> hooker bots but the correct answer is three one hundred dollar hooker bots that's the best option you know hooker bots I- is what you're doing
1: that uh, you know, the math comes out. Clear. Yeah, yeah, that know,
2: makes sense. You know what? I like the way you think. I, I think that is the best economics of money to hooker bots. That's a sentence I just said. <laughs>
0: that is a sentence you just said. Well, I went back and forth over $650 hooker bots versus $300 hooker bots. And I really think that the three is the better option. Uh, that's also a sentence I just said.
2: So, Amity is showing up doing the math here, answering the hard questions nobody else wants to answer.
1: We were just going to skip over Bender entirely. (laughs) He
2: didn't say a word in this
1: this scene, and yet Amity caught it and is doing the due diligence that we we don't, frankly, we do not do on this podcast enough.
0: It just hit my ear wrong. When he said what he said, I was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) you're doing it wrong, sir. You're doing it wrong.
1: Excuse me, in, in, ben, Mr. Bender. Can we go through the game theory of this, That's
0: please? Right. <laughs> That's what I'm here for.
2: Bender's Hookerbot Game Theory. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> I plan to do is... a guest uh, lecture appearance at your uh, college class when that comes through. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, Doctor Professor Ben. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, is it too late to change the name of the podcast to Bender's Hookerbot Game Theory?
0: <laughs> Yes, I believe so. <laughs> That's unfortunately no season five.
2: <laughs> no. Almost, almost five seasons in, just change the whole branding of the podcast. That's not a terrible marketing move, right?
0: Yeah, because who
2: you, you you know you build this brand, but you know brands are just there to be knocked down. Who needs them at this point? Zap calls Planet Express. Um, well, before I point that out, Fry gets his first cup of coffee. And it comes up with a counter that says one, and it's a shape of a coffee cup. Which I love that joke. Just every time he gets a new cup of coffee, it's just that little counter goes ding. It's good, but it it it's not just a joke. It means something later on, but we'll get to that. put a pin in that one. So he has his first cup of coffee, and then at that point, Zap calls Planet Express and invites Leela and all of her office weirdos to come to this black tie gala for... The reveal of the silk surplus.
1: Uh, The surplus is going to be tomorrow at 8, and she begrudgingly accepts.
0: That timing note is very important because 100 cups of coffee isn't a big deal until it turns into 100 cups of coffee in an 18-hour period or whatever it is.
2: Did you know that there is an actual website you can go to where you put in your weight and then you put in what sort of caffeinated beverage you are drinking and then it uses the LD50 of caffeine uh, to uh, calculate how many cups of coffee it would take to kill you?
0: That's a terrifying Uh, website. I
2: did not know this. I agree with Amity, it is terrifying. (laughs)
0: That's,
1: and
2: now you know.
0: Uh, do, is it linked I, to the this is how long until you're going to die website? Because that's another one. That just takes like, Ooh. it takes like four pieces of information and then gives you like a countdown <laughs> clock. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a threat, I think? I don't know. <laughs> it, it almost, I, I don't know if it's a
1: threat or a
2: challenge.
0: Oh, maybe. I like the idea of a challenge. <laughs> I enjoy that.
2: Especially what, if you're trying what to get... Ki- what is a threat if not a challenge to not die <laughs> this this episode got really dark all of a sudden, all of a sudden um, nihilist ben returns
0: <laughs> so uh, one of the, my notes the only thing i wrote about zap and his self was that uh ziff points out that he rented the metal on his chest with his Rebus. yes, yes. <laughs> so how much did that metal cost <laughs> to
2: rent yeah (laughs) it it must be a very nice metal if he's renting it for that full 300 big ones meanwhile everybody in new new york is freaking out the dollar store changes to a 299 dollar 99 cent store the uh uh crack addicted man uh instead of going to a bad crack house he goes to a crack mansion everybody's kind of living it up um kiff
1: decides to rent a paddle plane to romance amy and he's definitely paddling way more than Amy.
0: That's, that's a metaphor for their entire relationship.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> also, Amy is rich, right? Like, that's her whole deal? Yes. Why does she yeah. only ever wear, like, sweatpants and a wife beater?
1: Because, <laughs> honestly, who, do you, who does she have to impress? I guess you're, mm-hmm. you're right about that.
0: It's true.
1: I mean, if my family had millions of dollars, do you think I'd ever go anywhere and not
0: sweatpants? Well, apparently the answer to that question is no, and I'd be silly to think otherwise.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it would be either full sweatpants or, you know, nothing. Yeah, let, let them deal with that.
0: I have
2: millions of dollars. I can get out of jail.
0: For it's true. Times. You can...
2: You can you can pay your bail to get out for public indecency. Um, you can pay off the media, the podcast media. Yeah. To to the gotcha podcast media. To forget about <laughs> how co host of Back to the Futurama was out in the breeze just doing his thing.
0: Oh, my favorite thing about that sentence was your assuredness that if he had millions of dollars, he would still definitely be the co-host of this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is funny. That was funny. beautiful. Uh, my, my, my second thing is that at, 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 there are two co-hosts of this podcast. One has definitely, during the podcast run, let it all hang out. I mean, it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause, but one of us definitely did the world naked bike ride in Portland.
2: And it, it yeah, that and was it is not, not me. That was not Mike. Um, I will let listeners at home figure out the <laughs> math on that one. Um, so it's difficult game theory. Um, but yes. Uh, so they are on this this paddle uh, plane, which sounds like a terrifying idea oh. because oh yes, like there are times when I'm riding my bike and I'm like, man, I just got to stop. You th- you can't do that in the sky,
0: but also bad what things happen. The, what is the friction that they're pat like pedaling against? I just I don't I don't understand physics.
2: <laughs> just s- stick to hooker bot game theory. I <laughs> yes, think sir. is the moral of this story. Absolutely,
0: will do. Stay in my <laughs> lane.
2: <laughs> uh. And uh, Amy reveals that she wasted her tax refund on a talking tattoo, which is a little devil on her shoulder that uh, makes pithy remarks to Kiff and about how cheap he is. <laughs> Just
1: insults him. And then Amy gets mad every time she <laughs> the, the tattoo talks to him and smacks herself and hurts on herself. On a brand
2: new tattoo. Yeah. Because oh. they got this tax refund <laughs> that day. I mean,
1: I suppose the technology to put tattoos on, I mean, certainly it talks, it moves. That tattoo technology has increased from the world of today. Let's be Let's be honest.
0: And it's at least her fourth talking tattoo.
2: That's true. <laughs> She's got a, a couple uh, on her butt uh, supposedly. It what definitely sounds like a male voice, a female voice and a horse. Horse.
0: Could be. Now,
2: why would you get a talking tattoo that's a horse? It's only going to neigh.
0: Why would you get a cu- talking tattoo that's a devil? That seems like a terrible idea.
2: No, that seems like a really bad idea. You're <laughs> There's right. just a lot of questions here with Amy's <laughs> tattoo choices. The professor goes to Gene Works, where he gets literally just a pound of stem cells uh, to fight the aging process and slathers it all over his face in in such a disgusting manner that the receptionist there is uh, disgusted.
0: Yeah, but her I mean I was sound, too. The sounds that she makes are untoward. I was just like, <laughs> what, what is what am I supposed to be getting from this? Because she was she started disgusted, and then I don't know where we ended up with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, across the street, Bender is at hacking Jack's fine smokeables trying to find the best cigar to buy with his money. He's moved off the hooker bot idea. Yes. It's why I forgot about the hooker bots, because everybody else follows through on their plans. <laughs> Bender has already shifted from hooker bots to just really awesome cigars. I mean, I think it's probably a little bit better. It's, well, because he didn't know the proper math. It, see, <laughs> it, now if Amity was there...
0: <laughs> then it would have been all, hooker would, bites we, all day. Well,
2: yeah,
1: uh-huh. then, then not all, then all day. The subplot would have been like, different <laughs> that, <laughs>
2: The whole resolution of the entire episode would be a whole lot it's different. It's true. So he looks at a couple of different options, and really the one he wants is Le Grande Cigar, which is $10,000, because it's wrapper as a piece of the U.S. Constitution. It was rolled during Queen Elizabeth's wild years. By Queen by Elizabeth. By Queen Elizabeth. <laughs>
0: yes, the key. <laughs> Not just during it those was... <laughs> years, but actually by her. Seems like a deal, man. It was very... <laughs>
2: Y- yeah it's i kind of want to i kind of want that backstory if i'm gonna be honest i mean there's some more backstory here in a moment that they assume we know it will yeah because it was buried with george burns until grave robbing space mushrooms well you know the rest i do not and i want to know
0: it feels like it's a slimy tale that doesn't that, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't your defer nostalgia. me
1: like i still want it well i want to know everything every slimy detail
2: about grave robbing space mushrooms and George Burns. So instead Bender buys this $300 burglars tools
1: after haggling. He tries to
2: haggle. Right. And then he's like, by the way, what time do you close tonight?
0: (laughs) I really thought like I rewound twice. So I really watched this episode uh, to see if he was hacking Jack's, you know, for and cigars I'm like why is that an option for purchase at this location
1: i mean you're at you see amity is here asking the real questions
2: throughout this episode that that the mainstream <laughs> back to the future Ama media won't ask right we're just like oh ha 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 bender does some funny things and amity is like no <laughs> we got to get down to the important questions here <laughs> Figuring it out. I'm investigating in this journalism.
0: You remember when you were talking about the gotcha podcasters? It's me. (laughs) Oh (laughs) snap! Found
2: them. Uh, Well, shoot. We we already we already revealed which one of us has ridden their bike naked through Portland. Dang it! it. And now the gotcha podcasters know
0: the 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 guilty party is actually Mike in this particular story. Um, yeah, it's
1: it's it's not the the guiltiness from riding the bike naked. It's
2: for for spotlighting you. That's what I'm <laughs> in trouble for. Okay, so uh, Cause you were protesting, my man. It's true. That's why I'm, we're able to get away with it. So Hermes buys Dwight something called bamboo boogie boots, the best product ever. It's got a giant warning label, which is how Hermes knows it's got to be fun. <laughs> And Dwight does not want them because he instead wants to be prudently invested. Um, and so Hermes is like, well, fine, I'll put them on and have fun. And then they immediately spring up to like four stories tall. Mm-hmm. And then he and Dwight get stuck. Like they can't get down, they can't turn them off and they're just wandering around new, new york on these giant
0: <laughs> those these giant boots. like a groin pull just waiting to happen uh-huh. i was just like the whole time i was like i'm uncomfortable i'm uncomfortable with these is, gentlemen
1: i mean that's fair this this though i will say of all the subplots that are
2: in this episode this
1: is the least fleshed out but the funniest to me. Yeah, Mike I, is
2: uh, Mike is over here just dying like the expression on his face. The bamboo boogie boots
1: are the best. There's no feasible reality where they actually exist but they in they just brighten my 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 heart.
2: Um meanwhile there's a quick shot where the professor sees this kind of punk looking girl um and he is just like br- he's really into that um it's just this quick shot but then we go to Well he he tells them to turn that music up. up. And then we get Zo- uh, Zoidberg's whole plot is he just keeps trying out fancy rich things so he's at a jewelry store. Uh, it's called Diamonds Are Forever and it's going <laughs> out of business.
0: <laughs> I
1: just I that was a joke I could not let go. I don't think I've ever noticed that before
2: to be honest. <laughs>
0: the signage um, in this episode is doing some fantastic work
2: i mean futurama's pretty on point with this kind of stuff usually but like they just went all out on this one like the gene works logo was uh spoofing dreamworks, dreamworks. yeah uh with the kid like uh fishing on the the crescent moon mm-hmm. like everything all the signs are just so good
1: Th- this episode felt like you have an idea we're throwing it in
2: somewhere we'll find it don't mm-hmm. worry about
0: it yeah no definitely so
2: zoidberg isn't really super impressed with the concept of jewelry like he's got a lot of rings and stuff on his face tentacles um he and calls them shiny pebbles yeah he's just he's not into it he's like the, the rich people wouldn't be into this this yeah. is dumb it's like he's shania twain <laughs> that don't impress me much timely reference <laughs> i've been holding on to that one four months <laughs> for years,
0: years Apparently, i'm gonna go with years
1: <laughs> well i
0: mean I, decades I possibly
1: <laughs> no <laughs> yeah decades decades just probably works. yeah
2: well little known fact okay shania twain's first cd was the first cd i ever owned not a lot of people know that because i don't really like come off as a country boy now do and i you don't tell people this this fun and fact. now everybody knows because i keep <laughs> revealing all my secrets to the gotcha podcasts
0: <laughs> i Dang i it. like any good cop i told you what i was so, so <laughs> <laughs> this is all on you now
1: <laughs> yeah this isn't a this isn't where like we have to ask her if she's a cop she's already
2: told us she's a cop and you're just gonna keep blabbing
0: and flash yeah, my badge. for good
2: cops <laughs> they're just like hey man we can we can help you out and I'm like, all right, cool. Here's literally everything I know. <laughs> and I'm in jail for some reason, and I don't know why. The cop says, I, we can help you out. And you're like,
1: Shania Twain was my first CD. <laughs> 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 and, and the funny part is the cops are like, yes, that is relevant to our, our investigation. Yes. For some reason, that actually applies here. <laughs> um, so the case of the missing Shania Twain CD.
2: With, with all that said, Zoidberg walks out of the jewelry store. <laughs> Including that Shania Twain subplot. <laughs> the Shania Twain subplot got cut from this episode, but it was originally in there for it sure. It was a That's, great deleted scene. Yeah, definitely a real thing I didn't just make up. <laughs> we cut to the aquarium. Leela is buying a pass to swim with Mushu, the whale. And uh, Fry is buying coffee from starfish bucks coffee this is where he buys the 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 guy's like what kind of coffee you want guppy trout mermaid a or... whale and so he gets this giant giant pitcher. cup of coffee <laughs> in a like pitcher. A, a yeah it's like a pitcher <laughs> that looks like a whale and he just downs it stand he doesn't even get out of line mm. and the guy behind him looks kind of upset he's just like downing this this coffee and again i would like to point out Nobody says it's not made of whale. Made of whale? (laughs) Or whale components? Or like has a whale creamer or something? See, you don't know. Okay. Because it's implied it's just what kind of container would you like this in? But it's never said that it doesn't have whale in it in some fashion.
0: Ooh, then I wonder if the mermaid has mermaid in it.
2: Ooh. I mean, Starbucks did the unicorn frappuccino. It's true so now I have an
1: alternate viewing of this okay you, there are there is coffee beans that go through the digestive uh, uh, system of uh, like a jungle cat yep. and those mm-hmm. are very expensive beans mm-hmm. the most expensive could, exactly could these beans have gone through a whale
0: only one hmm. way because it turns out if it comes back up it's precious right <laughs> that's true it
2: has to come out
0: the back yeah exactly, exactly.
2: That raises more questions about the mermaid coffee, though. So. It does, yes. Moving on.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I raised the question and we move on from it. Some questions I don't want answered. Um, <laughs> Some questions are better left unanswered. We cut back to Kiff and Amy, uh, who they are still flying on this uh, paddle plane. Kiff also reveals at this point that he got Amy another gift it's a watch that has two watch faces on it. And it shows the time where each one of them is. It's a very nice idea of a watch. I also like how impractical that sounded in 2003. And now I'm like, oh, no, you could write an app for that in about four seconds. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just really surprised we we didn't spend more time on the whale biologist, although I know he makes a, re- uh, a
2: reappearance in this episode because you love the whale biologist. I do. He's kind of a jerk. But I like, like I said, we got a lot to get through in this episode, so I didn't want to spend too much time on him here. Okay, but he's a jerk. He does okay, have one, let's, l- let's...
0: One, one good line here, which is like, if you're late, you just get to w- wade with the scallops or something like
2: that. Yeah, which sounds like an awful time. It really does. I don't want to have to worry about stepping on some scallops. That would hurt my feet. Um. So, yeah, uh, Amy sees Fry and Leela, and so she waves at him and stops pedaling. And at this point, the plane kind of goes into a nosedive. They manage to save it at the last second. And then Amy does it again, where she waves goodbye to them. And uh, this time the plane just sort of tips a little bit. And the watch falls into Mushu's tank. And Mushu eats the watch.
1: Well, Mushu doesn't let it fall into the tank. He
2: jumps up and eats it. Yep, because he's
0: a trick-doing whale.
2: And very excited to eat watches.
1: They're shiny. Uh, aren't you? After <laughs> Kif is crushed, kind of crushed by that fact, that the whale has eaten it. Uh, Zoidberg does definitely call out, like, "Hey, this sounds like the other time I I, I ate a gift watch that you gave to Amy."
0: So what is does that it also with means... Kif eating, giving watches to Amy? Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs>
2: like,
1: <laughs> we're getting the real investigative journalism here.
2: Like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever given anybody a watch, let alone a romantic partner, the, let alone two, two watches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now to be fair, okay. If I gave my girlfriend a watch, and then Zoidberg walks in and eats that watch, and then vomits it up, I'm gonna get her a different watch.
0: Good choice. Well, you
2: you you should try to return the watch just to see if you can get. They that have a a no vomited up return policy. Yeah, they wow, know they if it got have wet. In the fine print. <sighs> mm-hmm. They yeah, always exactly. know. Oh, they
0: get wet. Okay, you're right. You're right, Emily.
1: I didn't even think of that. Of course, it falls under the 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 wet
2: clause. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, when that happened, to in- induce vomiting, that was a solution everywhere it went. What a Valentine's Day that was. <laughs> I, I, I really love
1: Zoidberg's, like, that's his recollection of that Valentine's Day. And it was wonderful.
2: I've had worse Valentine's Days. That's so. fair. Me too. Yeah. So they decide that the plan is now going to be to get the whale to vomit up the watch. Because
1: Leela has a way to has an in with the whale, mm-hmm.
2: and so their plot involves first going to Elzar's. Uh, Fry drinks his thirty-first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like being on coffee watch. <laughs> coffee it's watch. very good. Can coffee watch 2018.
1: 2018 of a television show that happened in
2: two thousand three. I'm only fifteen years late. Topical, but also so, it's
0: taking place in three thousand and some. So.
2: Now everything's wibbly wobbly, yeah. timey wimey. I,
0: I wibbly wobbly bit too many numbers.
2: So yeah, the uh, the professor is there on a date with his punk girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he has apparently told her that she uh, that he is twenty five. Leela sneaks off and unplugs the freezer, so all the fish go bad. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out one of my favorite dumbest <laughs> jokes in this whole episode is that there's three spigots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one is for dish soap like mm-hmm. one might expect. One is for champagne. And then the third one is for sausages. Yep. Oh, and, and my favorite part of that is that a sausage <laughs> like
1: comes out as a drip, as a drip. <laughs> and makes the drip sound effect.
0: I, but then it's a full <laughs>
2: sausage.
0: I literally wrote pot of peacock and sausage yes. drip. <laughs> Those
1: yes, <are> <laughs> I caught the pot of peacock too because it seems to be boiled for some reason. Yes, well,
0: that's the only way. I was like, I, is I mean, that how they make the farina? Is it peacock flavored? <laughs> What's happening? It, it's really only there to make
1: a stock. The The peacock stock. Peacock is, stock. If you mm-hmm. will.
0: Absolutely. I bet it's oh. beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet that just, it boils down into a delicious stock.
0: Zoinberg
2: is also there. <laughs> uh, of course. He gets some uh, foie gras. Mm-hmm. I was Can't say that because words Mm -hmm. and caviar. And he's like, what is this? This is the garbage parts of the food. I ate garbage yesterday. Rich people don't like this.
0: Oh, rich people definitely like this.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) here's here's the thing I really enjoy about Zoidberg's subplot is it's not that it's not that he says he doesn't like things. It's that he assumes that because rich people are better than he is, Mm -hmm. rich people don't like the things that rich people like like it's 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 never about he doesn't like things it's about he assumes rich people don't like those things well yeah because
0: these are things that he would enjoy and if they're better than him then they would enjoy better things
2: yeah and it's it's always kind of tickled me about this episode because it's it it says a lot about zoidberg i think
0: and about rich people I love that Joyberg's outfits for each of his activities are like on point, and I'm like, where he, did uh-huh. you get this top hat? Yeah, he, I, he scuttles like, away in the top hat. I love it. I feel like he that scuttles. might have been three hundred dollars,
1: and he still has that three hundred dollar bill. So it obviously it wasn't. wasn't that. Nope. How'd he get it? I, I'm with. I, see, investigative journalism. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> this is an angle we haven't added to the podcast yet, and I love it. I also wrote. Zoidberg whoops out fancy like
0: mm-hmm. I am loving all of his whooping this episode. I like so I loved it. Loved it.
2: His
1: scuttling is fantastic. <laughs> it always is.
2: Meanwhile, uh Bender sneaks in to Hack and Jacks and steals Le Grand cigar, quote with absolutely no consequences Ugh.
1: I do love the fact that when he he has to cut the glass case around it and he uses a giant diamond <laughs>
2: and then throws it directly into a garbage can
0: yep <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and then there's a there's a security camera feed that goes directly to the cops, like literally it is in Earl's mm-hmm. stomach camera, which he has for some reason. the next day, Hermes and Dwight are still on the boogie boots. They're they're asleep as they walk through. I, they're <laughs> sleepwalking on these bamboo stilts, and I love it. And Elzar throws out the fish because it's too rotten, to, slightly too rotten to even make jambalaya. Oof. Slightly.
0: That's an attack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. At a at a nearby coffee shop, uh, Fry is on his fifty first cup of coffee.
0: It's starting to get uncomfortable to watch. Like.
1: Yeah, he's he is irritable
2: and shaky, like
1: he is shaking just with tremor and with that caffeine flowing through his veins. Oh, and then he says,
0: I, I had insomnia, or I didn't, of course, I didn't sleep. I have insomnia, it's not the caffeine. And I'm just (laughs) like, I feel personally attacked by that statement (laughs)
2: because he he was up all night thinking about coffee. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done like uh maybe six cups of coffee in like a day and that was way too much i could see through time mm-hmm. um it was bad it was all bad i can't imagine 51 cups of coffee i i once
1: had uh so a company has a like a carton of cold brew if you've seen mm-hmm. those before
2: Oh, um, are you talking uh, Stumptown? Yes.
1: I, I didn't want to give them that much free advertising. We, we spent
2: a whole freaking yeah, I episode. Know. I'm course correcting, friends. Buzz
0: marketing. Buzz marketing.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. So I had a, an entire carton of uh, Stumptown once before I realized I can really just take a half of one and be good. I took a full one and I, I literally got stopped by multiple people saying, you have to slow down what you're saying. <laughs> I do not understand what you're saying. And this is at work. Hmm. people were like i was like and they're like you just need to calm it down i'm like
2: i can't stumptown let's go and then after fry gives a little rant about how it was just insomnia he's onto his 52nd cup uh bender pulls out his uh his
1: ill-gotten cigar and and fry is like go ahead smoke it smoke 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 it uh and he's like no this is a too fine a stogie i need to blow it in rich people's faces at the, the
2: gala i do like that he plans out his cigar smoking
0: oh sure I mean, if you're going to go to all the trouble to get the cigar, you can only smoke it once, so you better make it count.
1: Elzar, when Elzar throws it out, Amy and Kiff and Leela do get the fish and take it in, because then they use the fish and put them all in Leela's swimsuit in a very uncomfortable visual, and uh, she
2: gets ready to swim with Mushu. This is the part where I love the whale biologist, because before he's just kind of a jerk, but now... Because he, he says, uh, you're lumpy and you smell bad. He's like, I call him like I see him. I'm a whale biologist. And I like how that is just his, ex- his explanation of like, oh, yeah, it's a thing whale biologists do. They just call him like I see- they see him. It's established in whale biology canon. So Leela goes swimming with Mushu. And Mushu gobbles up her swimsuit full of rotten fish. And including the swimsuit itself... Because now she's got nothing, mm-hmm.
0: just the big sign that says "Don't feed the whale."
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, there's the sign that says "Don't
1: feed the whale." Um, and then the whale biologist, uh, she she says, i uh, he ate my suit." And the whale biologist is like, "It looked awful."
2: Whale biologist. Uh huh. I love it. It's so dumb and bad. Um,
0: and all I could think that whole scene was, "This is a pre-blackfish world." <laughs> <laughs> Whales are dangerous. Get out of there. We cut
2: to a quick shot of Zoidberg golfing. Um, with with an outfit that is so on, so on point. Choice golf outfit. Um, so good. He does not know what he's doing. His caddy gives him some tips, and he's like, ah, oh, thank you, golf slave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Correct. And then... <laughs> Once again, he like he chops the the club in half with his claws. And then once again, he's like, "Ah, rich people don't like this kind of stuff. Manages to hit a golf golf ball right into the back of the professor's head. Where, again, it's just a quick shot of like he's making out with his punk girlfriend.
1: Yeah, I like how that's all the professor gets. He just gets to make out all episode. It's very good.
0: Has just spent all of this money to try and make himself older, but didn't like a few episodes ago he work real hard to to make up for the fact that he was too young. <laughs> I'm just very confused he, by yes. his whole his whole relationship with age.
2: That that again asking the tough questions <laughs> here because I've literally never <laughs> considered that, but you're absolutely right. There's an entire episode where he refuses to go through any sort of euthasizing treatment.
1: I I just I now have the headcanon of Amity rolling up in one of those like old fashioned press hats and be like, Amity from Futurama (laughs)
0: Times (laughs) what about this? Professor (laughs)
1: Farnsworth, I have questions you need to answer.
0: Uh-huh. I don't know what
1: what accent I'm using at
2: all. It's a really it's a really bad uh, mid-Atlantic transatlantic. I always forget. I think it's the mid-Atlantic accent. I think is I'm what a, it's called.
1: And I think I'm if if you look at the mid-Atlantic region, I think I'm from there. And the fact that I can't do that accent no, is no, no. funny. So
2: so learning opportunity here. The mid-Atlantic <laughs> oh. accent was is is an example of a learned mm-hmm. accent. Okay, nobody has that naturally, but when. People were getting into radio and film mm-hmm. uh, during the the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. It was something that they did to try to to improve their diction. Yeah, and so so it had this sort of um, performer, but also sort of like high class sort of connotations mm-hmm. to it.
0: Yeah, you flatten all your vowels, and you definitely have R's in there if you're in an R dropping location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And so that's why you see it in a lot of old-timey movies. Sure. It's why you see it in a lot of uh, uh, presidents of the era. Um, it's why um, when people are, are sort of making fun of that old-timey radio, uh, they, they go with that, that accent because it was very prevalent at the time, but it's literally not a real accent that anybody picks up naturally. That's neat. This has been Ben's Neat Corner. See, occasionally I know things.
0: Plus I think Mike might have been also adding in a little of Yeah see yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean that's if I'm known for anything, it's not accent clarity.
2: <laughs> yeah, so where where were we? Before I went on a whole well, mid Atlantic accent. <laughs> we were rant. <laughs> we just, rant.
0: We was just finished the Zoyberg Golf. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um Okay. So um uh we go back to the aquarium where the uh, they're watching the show for Mushu, the educated whale who thinks he's better than you. Leela <laughs> is now dressed in the uh, she's she's wrapped the no uh, do not feed the whales banner around her, um, and Mushu goes to jump through this hoop, and instead he kind of leans over it and just vomits profusely like a freshman uncontrollably, barf <laughs> like, like a, a freshman. freshman. <laughs> <laughs> um and one of the one of the orphans is there and he's like Mushu is sad <laughs> <laughs> and, and i love i don't know what it is about this but earl's line was like it just keeps coming and coming <laughs> like everybody is just transfixed on how much this whale is vomiting i mean to be fair it's a noteworthy event
0: and they are there for a show. Not
2: the show I signed up for. <laughs> uh, so at that point, um, Kiff spots the watch in the uh in this big pile of whale vomit. Uh he he does a very graceful flip into the water. That people cheer for. I mean, yeah. It was really it, good. Once again, they're here they're for, they're a show for a and show. Like... show. Kiff grabs the watch and he's like, Yeah, I got it. And then the whale biologist is like, get him. He's got Uh, aquarium property and better do what he says he's a whale biologist (laughs) the reverence for whale biologists are is incredible to me very much so and so kiff gets arrested we cut away from the whale vomit scene to the silk surplus gala that's going on that night um zap is sort of boasting about his uh conquest um talking about the bugs and how they literally wove this tapestry while i was uh killing them
0: and they taste like crab legs
2: i will say the <laughs> yes <laughs> i could i could
1: blow past that one yes you're correct they do yes the taste wonderful <laughs> but i really like the multitasking of making a tapestry
2: and also dying mm-hmm.
1: it shows that you can do multiple things at once
2: zoidberg is like he's like uh he's, he scratches it and tries to sniff it and he's like what, it's not even scratch and sniff? But if rich people think it's good, <laughs> I'll buy it. One art, please.
0: That's my favorite line. <laughs> I love it so much. One it's so art. A good.
2: <laughs> it's a good line. I don't remember who I sent that to on Twitter the other day, but someone was talking about art or something. Um, I may have sent it to Taylor Smurl, actually, <laughs> if I remember right.
1: I'm still buffering, uh-huh. fam. huh
2: because someone was talking about art and i was like uh, i sent the the image of zoidberg going one art please and whoever i sent it to liked it i'll have to figure it out yeah we have to go look look we have to do the investigative journalism to see who 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 liked it <laughs> meanwhile fry gets his 99th cup of coffee
0: that's when my stomach started to hurt i was just like it's, looking at him is uncomfortable in this i know way. he is
1: just
2: shaking harder than you can imagine it's ooh I have one of my favorite t-shirts is a t-shirt that has fry looking disheveled like that, like his his 99th cup of coffee. And then it looks like the Starbucks logo around him where it says 100 cups of coffee. Like, it is a great t-shirt. I love it. It and is so good.
1: It is so good.
2: Uh-huh. It's one of the... It's Every now and then, I will be surfing the internet and I will see a t-shirt where I'm like, Oh, I already bought that. I didn't even realize it because I needed that so badly in my life. And that was one of them.
0: (laughs) So good.
2: Bender takes out the cigar, finally, and he lights it up and starts puffing away on it and blowing smoke in everyone's faces. As long as they're rich, they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Judge Whitey is there literally talking about how uh, he should cut off his butler's foot so his butler doesn't run away. Yeah. The writing in this is not exactly subtle on the <laughs> no. feelings towards rich people. <laughs> the
1: nuance is not there.
0: <laughs> it's at a minimum. I didn't
1: actually catch what Judge Whitey would say.
2: Oh, yeah. No, he's literally like, I told my wife, if you don't want the butler to run away, why not cut off his foot?
0: And then he says something like, that reminds me of this joke about the middle class. And that's when, uh-huh. <laughs> that's when Bender lights up and it's just like... Wow. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh...
0: Amy's
1: too busy wanting <laughs> like I, I gotta write down about bender blowing him smoking his face
2: uh-huh that's the better part it's true um amy is upset she's crying because she's imagining kiff in jail maybe um
0: she thinks that might be what her brain is doing uh-huh <laughs> i mean is she
2: amy's not well it's weird because later she does get a phd but she's not exactly portrayed as smart most of the time.
1: Well, there's book smarts
0: and there's street smarts and common sense it's true. and all
2: sorts of stuff. Your boyfriend being in jail, that's street smarts.
0: <laughs> that's right. I'm pretty sure yes. that's how you get a PhD in street smarts in fact.
2: Exactly. <laughs> school of hard knocks. Exactly. See, this is she got a PhD from Mars University, not from the school of hard they, knocks. There's no there's no class at Mars University about how to feel when your boyfriend ends up in aquarium prison.
1: That is true. <laughs>
2: I have nothing else to say. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> um, and of course, Scruffy's there uh, course. in his fancy haircut. It's and a his, pink mohawk. His, his, his it's a, choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, eh, jail's not so bad. You can make sangria in the turlet. <laughs> of course, it's shank or be shanked.
1: And I'm Amy's like, oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we cut back to aquarium jail. Commander
1: Commander Riker's, Rikers Island,
0: Island. So good. Which is
1: a good reference that even
2: I get. Kiff thinks that they are upset because he stole this watch. Um, but really, we find out that he's covered in precious ambergris. Precious, precious hamburgers? hamburgers? <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, Amity. Yes.
2: I love that line. And then for some reason, the whale biologist has this thing on his belt that he pushes and then a hologram of Roseanne comes out and explains the uh, or defines a word.
0: She's like a video Wikipedia. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> <laughs> She's our guide to the world of facts. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't. I don't and see.
0: It's, and
2: it's so random. Why is it Roseanne? How you got to Roseanne had to keep working, my man. <laughs> She's just she shows up in this episode just to define what ambergris is. Which we find out is a grease-like product of the sperm whale's digestive tract that is used as a base in the finest perfumes.
0: True. That's um, a real thing.
2: It's true. It is true. And then uh, Kif is just like, oh, well, it's not a problem. I'll just shed my skin. Takes his skin off. And the, the charges dropped. Mm-hmm.
0: This is when my roommate came in and said, why does he have three nipples? And I was just like... <laughs>
2: I'm more concerned about how he sheds his skin and then has tidy whities underneath his skin. That's what really concerns me. <laughs> That's a good. I mean, we're like Amity, Amity's roommate, you, we're all asking the hard hitting questions on this podcast. <laughs> we cut back to the gala, um, and uh, the professor is making out with his girlfriend, but the stem cells are wearing off. Um, like, literally, a clock chimes, and he starts getting <laughs> old again um he runs off and i love the line he's like gotta go uh fight club, <laughs> club. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so much like a modern day cinderella i i love the idea of using that as an excuse like just oh <laughs> that's what gotta, all the like, 25 year
0: olds are doing so yeah that's yeah, perfect exactly
2: <laughs> look at your watch and Go, oh, gotta go fight club and like who's gonna argue with that right no one because they might get fought Um, But actually, she does go running after him, and um, he comes clean about his his age and how he spent his tax refund on a glob of goop that is literally crawling across the floor now. Yeah, that's gross. It's weird. Uh, So he comes clean, and uh, this is when his girlfriend uh, reveals that she has also spent her money on a crazy treatment. She, like, unplugs her belly button with some, like, a, a belly button ring and uh gets really big mm-hmm. and um it's yeah, you know
1: sure but the fact is they they both accept like right who they are and instead of so- society wants them to be and they they still like each other and they still still make out and i think that's oh yeah they make out right there on the floor i think that's some positivity that we need in this world i i be agree yourself with you. yeah <laughs> be yourself whether that's who you are old or not old or
2: whatever way you are and <laughs> love who you love and to to nuts with society i'd say the mo- make out <laughs> with any legally consenting person that you want at any gala that's fair legally consenting is important legally well
0: mm-hmm. yeah i also legal I legal and consenting so love that she was like i love you i'm like you've known him for what <laughs> 24 hours maybe
1: uh-huh. i don't know about hey, love punk when, when you get <laughs> punk love that's it's, That's a fast, uh-huh. fast and hard and loose thing.
0: Maybe I'm just too old. I must be too old for it. That must be it.
2: I I don't get it either. <laughs> so. These twenty five year olds. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Kiff is there now, and he he explains that he was imprisoned because it was uh, precious ambergris. He managed to sneak some out in quote the usual place.
0: <laughs> yeah, must be in those tidy whiteys, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so he he gives Amy this vial, uh, and he he says he's going to make her the <laughs> the sweetest perfumes of lilac, jasmine, and frankenberry.
0: So, good. which I really enjoy. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> In the back alley uh, behind the the gala, Zoidberg's really upset because nothing he has tried to do with his money makes him happy. Um, and meanwhile, there's some hobos who are literally like licking pudding off of the bottom of a boot.
0: Hungry, hungry hobos.
1: So this is when the action of the episode begins, because Hermes and Dwight fly through the window on these bamboo <laughs> boogie boots, and they knock over Bender, and as his cigar flies through the air, landing on the tapestry of Zap Brannigan right in his face, it catches pretty much everything on
2: fire. Mm-hmm. Right next to the I also-
0: smoke with care sign <laughs> that's on the uh-huh. wall.
2: <laughs> Again, the signs in this episode are just perfect. Real good.
1: Yeah, I think Bender was smoking with care until he got wailed on the side yeah, of no. the head oh, with a <laughs> wailed. <I get> <laughs> with the bamboo boogie boot. I think he was doing a pretty decent job mm-hmm. of just
2: focusing on uh, blowing smoke in the rich people's faces. Yep. So everything catches on fire. Nixon gives a great line, the loot, the loot, the loot is on fire. I've always it's so like I kind of roll my eyes every time, but so I deep good. down I love it. Uh-huh. You're rolling your eyes as you laugh. Uh-huh. And tears are rolling down your face. At this point, Fry runs up and he he's like coffee, 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 coffee and he plunks down his last $3 and drinks his 100th cup and at that point everything fades to like this bright gold color. And he turns around and he's like angelic with lights coming from behind him and everything is gold and there's this heavenly choir and he, he no longer looks disheveled. And it's so good.
0: And we watch a scene from days of future past as though the, <laughs> the writers <laughs> and illustrators had some sort of creepy foresight. It is exactly
2: <laughs> Quicksilver or The Flash. It is fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's literally watching a hummingbird in the window flapping its wings slowly. Yeah. yeah.
1: I do like how they add that in just to be like, okay, so everything is really slow uh-huh. right now
2: for him.
0: And and the fire, they even slow down sort of the movement of the flames. Mm-hmm. Like, everything gets slowed down, yeah.
2: And so he just, he literally just runs around the room picking people up, um, like, blowing out the fire on their arms and feet and everything. Stacks them onto a tape uh, a uh, like a uh, cart mm-hmm. um, like a serving cart. yes, and very long one, pushes them out into the alley and then takes a fire extinguisher and extinguishes all the fire. and then everybody wakes up in the alley, and Leela's like, "I think we were saved by an orange blur." <laughs> <laughs> so then Zoidberg welcomes them all
1: to a feast he's purchased of genuine turkey dogs. I would be down to eat some turkey dogs.
0: You're never too rich to enjoy a free turkey dog.
2: Yeah, so everybody's like, all right, cool. Ignore the fact that the the building just, <laughs> like all the, the silk surplus just caught on fire. Uh, let's sit down and just have some turkey dogs. Uh, Hermes ends up giving
1: Dwight the last penny from the purchase of the bamboo boogie <laughs> boots. Um, and Dwight says,
2: I'm going to buy five shares of Amazon.com. And... uh Hermes is like, oh, a risk taker. Well, Talk about jokes that did not age well.
0: I just, I like almost did a deep dive into what was going on with Amazon in 2003. I was just like, what is uh-huh. this about?
2: If I bought five shares of Amazon.com in 2003, I would be able to buy one art.
0: One <laughs> Probably
2: March. more arts. Mm-hmm. But you'd still purchase it be like, one art, please. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Nixon's like, oh, man, this was a, a crooked scheme and it all blew up in my face. I'm like, yeah, at least we got some stories out of it. And, and Bender even says,
1: well, my story petered out without much of a lesson. <laughs> and then Earl and Schminney come in and beat him down to arrest him. <laughs> I love how meta it gets at the very end. It's yeah, very he's good. He's like, ah, oh,
0: and- closure. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and then we get sort of a, a weird outro credit sequence where Roseanne um, tries to define Futurama. As, I don't know, you just watched it, dummy. And then also defines idiot as, you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Roseanne just insults you on the way out. Why not? <laughs> Why not? And uh, that means that it is time for... Great. You
0: know what? I really love the joke density in this episode and the fact that we really kind of get for many of the characters especially the sort of secondary characters we get a lot of character growth and those signs man i think i'd have to say an a minus
2: okay
0: i feel like a minus is where i'm at i'm waffling between a minus and straight up a but i can't give it all the way on my first appearance that'd be a shame
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay so there was there was a very long time where i used to cite this episode as my favorite episode my feelings on it have changed somewhat just because as i've gotten older i appreciate sort of the more story heavy ones but um this is still a great episode um And uh, one thing I I didn't even mention is that this is actually based on the Simpsons episode, uh, 22 short films about Springfield, which is in turn sort of based on uh, Pulp Fiction. And it's sort of like random stories all kind of coming together at different points. And I do actually really love stories like that. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, Also, one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, too. Like, fantastic. (laughs) Theme Tams steam it's where steamed oh, hams comes from indeed. exactly ooh topical yeah the number of things the number of steamed hams uh references people sent me after we released that episode was a lot, and i am here for it <laughs> um <laughs> it's round two now uh anyways so yeah there there's a lot to love all the jokes are great i obviously love uh f- the fries coffee like it's probably my f- the the coffee uh, subplot is probably my favorite, but everybody's subplot is really good. Um, even just like, you know, the professor making out with some rando mm-hmm. is, is kind of fun, but then you've got like the, the coffee thing. You've got Bender breaking in to steal a $10,000 cigar. Like everything about it is just so good. Like I said, I just, I've sort of moved on to, to more story centric episodes. You know me, I like the sad ones. I like the ones that make you think. Sure. But with all that said, it's going to be an A-plus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, like, top, top tier. Um, it's not in my top three, but it's still in that that A-plus category mm-hmm. um, because I love it. Um, I look forward to this episode every time it comes up. I literally have a, sh- a T-shirt based on this episode. <laughs> like, it's phenomenal. So, yeah, A-plus.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that, like... This is uh one of those ones, like you said, that I always look forward to. I, I mean, like even when you have a subplot that is, you know, so you've got so many subplots that are so good, and they intersect throughout in different ways until you come down to everybody being in the same place, like you know you could you could um, on first watch think that the hermes thing isn't going anywhere but it's hilarious and then it basically causes the major action at the end Mm -hmm. i think i love that personally i i i mean you you saw how you heard how much i laughed after the first reference of hermes i thought you were i
2: thought you were literally crying because you were laughing so hard i
1: mean i was but i'm just saying i this episode clearly is a plus an a plus for me i love this episode it's i think it's still one of my top three, five. Okay. I don't I mean, I, we've been ranking these as we go, so I don't remember yeah, everything Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, it's certainly up at the top of the heap for me because it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's quick. It's got so much going on. Like we found signs that we'd never seen before. It's, it's, it's layered so nicely. And it, it really shows like a, a craftsmanship of like building this plot to intersect multiple times throughout different streams and come together in a really, really nice way. And plus, it's always nice when you have a meta moment right at the end where Bender's like, well, I didn't get any closure. Yay, closure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I always love meta. So. Excellent.
2: Yeah, so that'll do it uh, for us this week. Um, Amity, where can our listeners find more information about you and your podcasts?
0: Uh, the best place to go probably is amityarmstrong.com. It has links to all of the shows that I do and all of the places I am.
2: Do you do you want to give a, a quick pitch about uh, what your podcasts are all about? Sure.
0: Uh, the Latecomers is a recap show very similar to this one, only we recap stuff that is culturally significant that we didn't see the first time. Our first season just wrapped up, and it was Twin Peaks. Uh, the current season is... Uh, Big movies that we haven't seen. There's not really a theme. We've done Midnight Cowboy and The Godfather 1 and 2. Okay. um, And we just did All the President's Men. So we're doing movies from before I was born, basically. Okay. Um, Sounds good, though. Yeah. um, It's a lot of fun. And I do it with my uh, roommate, the the three-nipple questioner. And... uh, (laughs) He has a. Can,
1: can they can they refer to themselves like that on <laughs> the podcast? Put that on a business card, <laughs> the three nipple questioner.
0: That's gonna be how I introduce him going forward, and he is not gonna know why, and it's gonna Excellent. be very good. Uh... I'm Ben, and
2: I approve this message.
0: <laughs> and then Podcast Collected presents is a podcast about podcasts that I am on probably a quarter of the time. We have a world um encompassing cast of characters so uh but we talk about podcasts and write them and give reviews and recommendations so that's my shows
2: yeah that sounds really neat so yeah if uh you want to check out more of uh, Amity's stuff um like she said go to amityarmstrong.com as for us um if you want to let us know how we're doing, uh, if you want to talk about um, three nipples or uh, <laughs> whale biology or coffee. Coffee. Whale coffee. Whale coffee, um, mermaid coffee, guppy coffee, whatever, whatever kind of coffee. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, you can do that by uh, emailing us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So find us on those services, rate us, review us, subscribe, and,
1: you know, send it to your friends. And we can all get to 100 cups of coffee in 18 hours together.
2: And, um, yeah, so until next time, I'm Ben. I'm Mike.
0: I'm Amity. Goodbye Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. Bye.
1: Welcome to the semifinals recap. This is the March Ocean Madness minute. Let's get right into those results. I'm looking forward to this one yet again, Mike. Dr. Zoidberg made Mike happy by defeating Bender to Ben's chagrin. No, Mike. In the other semifinal, Fry ended the hopes of Team Leela. This means that only one match remains, and it's for all the marbles. Dr. Zoidberg has his way to the final, where he'll face Philip J. Fry. This is going to be a match for the century, Mike. Let's look at how the competitors got here. The good doctor has taken down some truly big fish in this pool with Morbo, Mayor Poopenmeyer, Robot Santa, Scruffy, and now Bender left in his wake. Fry has also had stiff competition, having to make it past Zap Brannigan, Barbados Slim, Lur, Amy, and finally Leela for a chance at the championship. This is going to
2: be one hell of a match, Mike. There will be anchovies tonight, but which character will take them home? Interesting strategy. Let's see if it plays out, Mike. Don't forget to vote. Voting is open now and will be open until April 17th at noon Pacific time. That's Tuesday, April 17th at noon Pacific. Voting is important. There is literally no other matchup
1: left. This is the last one this is for all the marbles here mike every last
2: marble whether they come from zoiberg's cloaca or not you can find the final round of voting at bit.ly slash ocean madness six this has been the march
1: ocean madness minute ride the walrus.